The TV fans are taking over. This is Across the Airwaves. live show those of you can make it um, this is a production of across the airwaves the podcast dedicated to weekly television episode reviews along with news and opinions of the television industry or entertainment industry so we do cover a lot of other things besides just tv shows we do comic books movies and more one of our favorite shows that we talk about every week on ata it's one of the shows we started with and actually reviewed on our very first episode Fridge. Good. So we're here to talk about the finale episode, our initial spot to go back through this outstanding series that we love to throw out all sorts of crackpot theories on and everything like that. Also, if you are in the chat room, folks, and you can't hear us, or there's any sound issues, please let us know. We'll turn up the volume uh, to make sure you can hear us, because there is a volume control within the Ustream window. So definitely, if there are any sound or any technical, any issues, please let us know. And uh, joining us is a new member to ATR guest host, uh, Doug Rower, who you can hear through the Skype. Hello, Dan. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be on your show tonight. Yeah, it's great to have you, Doug. Great to, to hear you. And I hope everyone can hear you in the chat if you can. Also, let us know. But uh, we're glad to have you here. Though you're a hardcore Fringe fan. I remember when we first started talking about this, I think it was about 2008, uh, you were still in film school, and it was like the new craze. And I also I just started working at the hospital, and the, the, the biggest thing, the biggest mystery was Amber. What was Amber? Yes. That was the mm -hmm. Wasn't that the first episode? As in the very first episode, that was, uh, I think it all started with uh, a bust of people uh, just trapped in amber. And now it's amazing how this, this whole amber uh, theme is now taking us through however many, five years now. Yeah. Five seasons. Yeah, it's, it, it's crazy. And amber is some pretty freaky stuff, too. And it also, inside of it. It's amazing how it all started with Jurassic Park and ended up in Fringe. Now, next thing you know it, uh, amber is the one thing that ends up saving the world as we know it. When, when, when used correctly, of course, in the hands of Walter Bishop. Yes, and, and really, the idea for Amber could have come from Jurassic Park. Because the idea behind Fringe was basically the writers of the show going mm -hmm. in a room and putting all their favorite ideas from sci-fi, comic books, and various other uh, materials together into one great show. Mm-hmm. And so it very well could have come from Jurassic Park. Again, you yes. know that there's been numerous references to mm -hmm. Star Trek, mm -hmm. uh, Star Wars probably out here, uh, just you, David Twilight Zone, probably even Doctor Who. <laughs> yes. Probably a little bridge there for you guys. So yeah. And also you guys, with us here is, is Michael J. Petty, of course. You see him on the video. Hey, everyone. 
Pleasure to be back. Everyone knows him from the infamous DC Nation podcast. Among other podcasts. Yeah, wild, <laughs> wild, crazy show. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Michael, what do you think of Amber? Creepy Amber. As in the thing that freezes everybody? <laughs> yes, is it creepy out? It is a little creepy. And the fact that it doesn't really age people kind of is unsettling. Especially when we see both Olivia's next to each other in this finale. It was very um, different to yes. see them like that. Yes, I agree with you on that. It's a very frightening thing. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when she was older and, like you said, a little yeah. fatter, even. Yes. And had gray hair in her. Yeah. yeah. And wrinkles. And then seeing regular Olivia, and she's like, oh, yeah, we've been frozen for 20 years, and yeah. now we're back, so hi. <laughs> yeah, I think Lincoln felt pretty bad about that. Stop. I love when Lincoln was checking our Olivia out. Yes. <laughs> and she was like, stop checking out my younger self's ass. That was yeah. great. It was great. Very fun scene. So, Doug, do you want to go into initial thoughts on the finale? Well, it's amazing how things have gone, uh, have progressed over the past five years, if you think about it. Of course, I mentioned Amber, and, and if anything, everything began with Olivia. We'll start from the beginning and how it just worked its way up to the last episode. Okay, Olivia in the beginning started off where she needed Walter Bishop's help in the beginning. And I have to go back and, and rewatch season one because I know there were parts where Walter was seeing things and, 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 and trying to put pieces of the puzzle together because that's what this was from the very beginning. One big puzzle. Yes. And what has, this has been doing over the past five years is placing those pieces of the puzzle together slowly. Has every piece of the puzzle come together yet? I don't know because I still have a few qu things I'm still thinking about. It. But, um, it, but I remember also there would always be like something we'd always catch with every, every episode. I mean, this whole thing ends with September. And, and and I remember when I was at your house a few years ago, we were talking about French, and I asked you, I, I remember I was in your kitchen, we were eating lunch together, and I asked you, Dan, do you, can, did you see the one thing that's in every single episode if you look at it close enough? It's like, where's Waldo? Yeah, it's September. <laughs> it's September. Or an observer. I don't know if it was September or an, or an observer, but it was definitely an observer. And I think you're right. I think it was September in every single episode. Yeah. And but I have to admit though, in season five, I didn't look as closely because, of course, the observers are already here. So of course, they're never going to see this. Well, we were curious about that. We were wondering if someone, uh, someone might have done this if they looked back to see if September was good. The episode is Donald in in each season five episode. If mm -hmm. there were if there was one scene where he was walking around the street in the background or whatnot, because mm -hmm. we assume that the Observers let them pretty much walk around free. <laughs> They're, you know, taking over world. <laughs> they don't really care as long as it's not causing a ruckus. Right. So he very well could have been watching in the background. <laughs> exactly. And, and, you know, again, the reason they were called observers is because, of course, the original 12 were no, doing nothing less but observing. Yeah. Um, of course. And, 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 and the thing is, that, uh, observers, I was looking up earlier, uh, I think it was yesterday, I was looking up and The Observer first appeared in season one, episode four, and that, that title was called The Arrival. Yeah. And the other, in addition uh, to uh, 
to the observer first appearing um, uh, was the arrival of the, the little capsule that would come up through the ground. Same type of capsules they used in this last episode in the finale. So it's neat how they're, they're slowly bringing everything full circle. Yeah, they really did a lot of full circle in this finale. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And especially with how they uh, how they did that thing when they broke into the the uh, uh, the lab not the lab but the building and then they and then you see like a little uh, it's like a, a montage of fringe montage of everything every fringe event that's happened over the past five four or five years I mean it was great we'll come back and, and whatnot so that's very neat yeah it just grosses me out to see that that giant squid like <laughs> thing pop mm-hmm. out of those. Guys, that episode gave me the willies the first time I saw it. And one thing that was always uh, 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 a huge theme uh, is going all the way back to, I don't know if season one, but definitely season two, was the experiments specifically revolving around cortexafan. Yes. And the question was, how was cortexafan meant to be used at its fullest capability? And I think we finally got to see that here. And that's yeah. episode Olivia finally when she got those four doses. Next thing you know, she was, and this is the first time where she was able to cross over, as far as I can remember, by herself without any the aid of a machine or without yeah. the aid of her going into a batch of water and ice water and, and trying to have someone help her with electrodes all over her body. So that was neat to see how 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 the how those experiments were were meant to lead her up to this point, to to literally save the world and and, and in addition to to save her. Her, uh, her family. Well, and that was the thing. It's always been someone, when someone she loved was threatened, mm-hmm. she, her mm-hmm. powers would activate. God, this was the powers ultimate... <laughs> yeah, this was the ultimate scenario for that, as, as I felt. Because, you know, this was, in that final scene with September, her family was on the line. Getting mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. back was on the line. Because mm-hmm. she just went all out. And she also cared a great deal for Michael. Mm-hmm. She couldn't stand to see, you know, a kid hurt. That's been a theme with her throughout the whole entire series. Like that episode when she was on the other side with Boyle's son. Exactly, so yes. a great deal for, to protect that kid. So that was a real big thing. And really, the episode where I started to warm up to Olivia and felt she had a heart was Michael's first appearance. Aww. Yeah. So that was significant That's to me because... I thought before that she was way too brash. <laughs> well, well, we have to start. We all have one. to start somewhere. Well, it's season one. I mean, they have to develop characters. And yeah, Olivia was at a point where she was getting developed. One thing was neat to, to see was you know of course you know one thing that what there, of course there are a lot of people they were unable to bring back for a number of different reasons and of yeah. course you know everyone was. Was, was, I, I kind of was expecting they wouldn't bring back Leonard Nimoy, especially with uh, one of the producers doing that interview earlier this month. Where I don't want to give anyone false hope, but, you know, I only had 13 episodes to get everything resolved. Yeah. And, and so I kind of wasn't, but it would have been neat to see an appearance, but uh, also understandable that he was, why he wasn't in, especially with this huge storyline they had to bring together in, 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 in 13 episodes. Thank goodness they, they, they greenlit for, for 13 episodes as it was. So I know they were on the brink of cancellation last season, as it was. Yeah, and well, we did get to see William Bell and Amber at the beginning of the season, which was nice. That's true. That was nice. And we even got to see his hand chopped off, too. Yeah. yeah. It was cool. Yeah. At least it wasn't for nothing. That's good. <laughs> in addition, then, we also go, I'm going to head back also to season one, uh, where, you know, in addition, before 
the appearance of Leonard Nimoy playing the, the part of William Bell. We had, of course, what we were talking about earlier this week, David Robert Jones, yes. arch nemesis, the, the equivalent of Professor Moriarty here. And, and, and of course, when David Robert Jones appeared, it was also the, when, when they started having that the, the thing where people were dying faceless, which is a thing they brought back hugely in this season, which was kind of cool. Again, going back to uh, a lot of the fringe events in previous seasons, bring, uh, bring it all back all full forward in, in season five, which was really cool. Yeah, most definitely. And also J.J. Uh, Abrams' use of, of, of uh, you know, there's, it's amazing how children are portrayed right now, in not just movies and TV, but, you know, with children, you got to be very careful. But I find just the use of children, it, it just makes things look so much more different because the, the, through the eyes of a child, things seem so innocent, especially through the eyes of Michael and, 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 and the last few episodes. It was... It's really nice. I mean, you see J.J. Abrams' use of children in, in, in uh, Super 8, and I think how he portrayed children in, in Super 8 was wonderful. And then you, and how he portrayed this child like being like not just an innocent, but this 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 this, this enormous like ray of power, but at the same time just a, a huge innocent person. Who, and 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 of course he uses children throughout uh, all five seasons. Uh, J.J. Abrams, but. Uh, yeah. Everyone else and with the French writers, but it's really neat how, how everything is come together together, especially in this last episode. Yes, most definitely. Full circle was the big idea of this episode. I thought they did that best. But I thought the best part was it wrapped up the main theme I like is of this story is a father's relationship with the son. Mm-hmm. And and the willingness of how far parents are willing to go to protect their kids mm-hmm. or maintain their family and that sacrifice they're willing to make and that's a universal thing that I think goes beyond sci-fi that's a thing that I think anyone can relate to absolutely and, and that's what makes this so, show so beautiful and what makes Walter so lovable mm-hmm. is, is that theme and I think they did it beautifully how it formed a bond between him and September that was mm-hmm. very interesting. How they brought that back around. And how September did a 360 yeah. change. Can how we learn from Walter? You know, we thought, uh, you know, it was kind of a one-sided thing where September did all these things for Walter, but Walter did things for him in return. Because Walter always felt he kind of owned September. And I'm glad he was able to repay September mm-hmm. for everything. You know, September got shot in the back like a kind of call. Yeah, and, and that was unfortunate. Doug, were you upset that September got killed? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I was. But, you know, I kind of figured it. But, yeah, it's still heartbreaking. I mean, he, you see him in the beginning where he's, like, uh, emotionless. Yeah. Now you see how much he's, he's grown in more ways than one over the past 20, 21 years. And, yeah. It was kind of sad. Yeah. It, kind of. It was very sad. Yeah. I don't know if we... I, I'm still debating if we needed that twist at the end. <laughs> but I, I guess Walter needed to face, I guess, retribution for what he did for the university to balance itself out yeah. by Walter having to make a sacrifice based on what he did with Peter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I have to admit, with, with, with one thing I will admit will be like the one episode they would have, like somewhere like that random episode in, in every season where it's just like, I, I don't know, I think it's episode 20 of every season. It's just they would just go completely out of nowhere, completely out of left field, and just like take their story, parallel it, but make something new. I know, um, Season two, episode twenty, they start with Brown Betty. Yes, yeah. which was really neat. It was it was it was uh, a fairy tale slash musical with everyone getting together. Um, the Candyman can. My grandma watched that with me just because she found it intriguing. It's very odd. And I can't remember if it was season three or season four. I think it was season three where Leonard Nimoy came back as a cartoon. Yeah, yeah. But I can't remember if that was... I can't remember if that's episode 20, though. I, sh- I should look that up a little bit later, but... It sounds just about a little right. like the end of the season. I could look it up now. And, and also, they tried to do one this season with the Monty Python episode <laughs> with Walter. That's true. That, that but was supposed to be episode 20. Obviously, they didn't get one, but... Episode 19 was the cartoon episode. Oh, okay, okay. Yep. But one, one thing uh, that they were able to do before uh, ending the season was they went back to the other side one last time, which goes back again to the beginning. You know, the other side, the parallel universe, and how it all began. But, you know, again, going back to the puzzle, all these questions that then were, were eventually answered in, in later seasons, uh, Peter coming back from the other side and... And, and, and then eventually uh, we're at a war with the other side. Next thing you know, we can't survive without the other side. Next thing you know, the two worlds won't survive if, 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 unless both sides well, separate ourselves from each other. And then finally, we, we can't save the world unless we go to the other side one last time just to transport the kid and bring the kid back to this side. And it's really neat how they use the other side. Well, you know, let's stop and talk about the, the idea itself. Mm-hmm. I mean, the other side, that was one of the most mind-blowing, innovative ideas on television that I think we've seen in a very long time. Mm-hmm. Just the concept of that was just astounding. Absolutely. And, and just the fact that they have Walter and Walter Nett, yes. and especially how they use that term uh, when they went back to the other side in this episode, where like, how's Walter Nett? Oh, he's 90, teaching at Harvard. Doing great and everything. That, that's neat how they still use the. They, they still call the other Olivia or, 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 or Lincoln, but the other person or alternate. It's, it's really neat. Just the idea. And of course, it's just the use of the of blimps and everything. Love it. Love it. Yeah, me too. But the, just like you say, yes, the use of the other side was really interesting because there's always that. There's always been that, that, that thought like, you know, there's more than one direction you can take your life, and what if there was that other direction, and what would it be like? And that's nice how they were able to examine it uh, without getting too hokey, which is really hard to do. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, I just, the idea that they were fighting, that, I mean, the idea that the show was the pattern, I guess, that puzzle we talked about, because they mm-hmm. called it the pattern on the show, uh, you know, was basically an alternate version of Walter dueling with our version of Walter was just nuts. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it just made 
this whole situation a completely different animal. Exactly. And really raised the stakes on the war, which was going to end up getting diffused due to the events of season four. But mm-hmm. still, it was just, I love the idea, and I love just all the little Easter eggs they put into those alternate reality episodes. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, and especially just seeing like uh, Astra and everything, and in, in the, in the in her own way and everything, and broils and whatnot, and and you see characters killed off, but they're not because you know it's not of that universe. But you know, let's let's I I I, I, I take a few seconds or at least a few minutes to talk about two recurring themes that occurred over the past five seasons uh, that that have just like that have. Uh, uh, Grown in, in more ways than one. Yeah. Uh, I'll start with number two on my list. Time. Yes. One thing that's very careful, we, we, we have to be very careful about when doing something, where it's hit or miss. It's either you, you either hit the target on, on, on in, in the center or or you just completely miss. It, it's time. I know, like, for example, uh, of course, the, the, the best example of time is or, or, or is, is, uh, is, um, what, what the, the last episode of Dallas where, you know, it was all a dream and that whole time thing just completely like screwed things and everyone just hated that, that season for that because of how they did that. Is it the and, dream season of Dallas? Yeah, yeah, that was awful. Yeah. But it just goes to show how it's a hit or miss. Then you have Fringe where time is always a factor here. You have to do things at the right time. Or in this, in the case of this last episode, they had to reset time so that they can move forward in the progress time that it was meant to be. Um, and then how that what Walter had to go what back what to go to the what twenty one thirty five or something yeah. in order to. I did think mix. that was explained a lot better. The time travel stuff was explained mm-hmm. a lot better than this episode than mm-hmm. in the season three finale. Right. When they went back with the machine and they. Reset that, and ultimately Peter got erased from existence. That was confusing. I mean, ultimately, the point of it was to have a cliffhanger where Peter gets erased from existence. Got us to be questioning all summer, how the heck is he going to get back? Mm-hmm. The explanation to how we got there was a little murky. But this right. one was made much more sense. Kind of, again, it goes back to the time with this season. The timing of it was good. To the pacing of the explanation was good, so it was easier for us to comprehend. Where I felt mm-hmm. like in the third season finale, it was kind of dumped on us all at once. <laughs> and we were like, whoa, what happened? And so they, I guess they learned from that mistake. And that's the, what TV is, it's trial and error. It's sometimes learning from your mistakes and making sure you can fix things and you know repair things at the right time, I guess, so mm-hmm. you're not going to get canned. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you make the right time, and sometimes you don't. Now, for right. fortunately, I mean, they had some rough goes of it with time with Fox movie, their schedule, and getting people to buy into some of the ideas they had where we were going back and forth between an episode on our side and the other side. Right. Um, in addition to, I mean, and also, you know, just this how they use time. I mean, you always see the dream sequence. All throughout season five, like what happened right before Henrietta, the what was separated from from uh, 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 Olivia and uh, and uh, what's Joshua Jackson's character's name again? It just was it 
Peter. Peter, Peter, I'm sorry. My, my mind just blanked all of a sudden. Uh, how they separated and how it finally that scene just, 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 just went to how it was supposed to be. Just the use of time there and everything. It was just, it's very good. The, the first theme that I feel recurred and again grew over the past, what, five seasons is uh, family. And you, you touch base on this and how characters have changed over the years. Uh, Olivia's character, how she was kind of a little um, snobby or whatnot, and how she had grown to be a little bit, a lot warmer over the years, and how she's grown closer to other people. The use of family, especially the use of uh, of um, uh, uh, Walter and Peter, and their their relationship together, and then uh, uh, and and, and uh, especially how in this this last episode, finally he's not calling his dad. Peter's not calling his dad. Walter all the time is near the end calling. Him. Dad, yeah. Yeah. so I just just show that like, and then of course this huge hug in the end is just so heart wrenching. I don't think I've seen Josh Jackson cry so much since uh, since Dawson Creek. So what can I say? Hey, he played that scene beautifully between him and Walter in this episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, tearjerker! I'll tell you. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And the use of and 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 how they cast this show was just I thought it was incredible. Uh, the one who plays uh, Olivia Donna Antor, where she uh, she's actually English. I think she does a beautiful American accent. How she portrayed Olivia Dunham is beautiful. Joshua Jackson. This was a great, great, great show for him. It's it's nice that he finally was. You know, it's it, what the thing about show, uh, shows or certain movies is once you see someone good at it, it's hard to, to take them away from it. Yeah. I mean, like for example, the guy who played. Uh, uh, the bad guy in Silence of the Lambs, the one. Uh, Anthony uh, Hopkins. Say again. Anthony Hopkins. No, no, no. The one who was the the, the really oh. bad guy. What the one where they were trying to chase? Oh, Bill, like Buffalo Bill, oh, was Buffalo it? Buffalo Bill, yeah. Oh, you know. Definitely and and eventually he they always wanted to typecast him as a type of like uh, homosexual uh, serial killer and everything, and he had to break out of that. And finally. All he did was now. Now he's like looked at as a cop all the time. He was in heat as a cop and everything. But going back though, you know, Josh Jackson. Luckily, they didn't put him in other teeny bopper stuff like they did with the guy who played Dawson. What brought Van, James Vanderbeek? Where you know he's always like a, a jock or a kid in high school or a kid in college and like girl trouble. You know, so, I mean, it's very few people that can break out of that thing. Josh Jackson did a great job. John Noble, awesome, awesome casting. I mean, Return of the King, yes. Awesome. Yes. And and John Noble, I mean, his name says it all. If you if you hear the diction that comes out of his mouth, every single word that comes out sounds like Shakespeare without the English accent. It's beautiful. Hey, Doug, real quick, I just want to give a shout-out to our good friend Jason A., who's contacted our podcast a lot of times. Uh-huh. So welcome to the chat room, Jason. And he's gone. Yeah, and he's gone now, but... He'll be back. Hopefully he'll be back. I want to give him a shout-out. Because he's one of our big supporters on Twitter. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool guy, too. Yeah. All right, Doug, we up for the next point? Next point. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt you. I just want to make sure. No, it's, it's fine. It's we're cool. We're out. I, you should. I'm all about the, everyone who does, who, who, who tunes in to this, uh, to this particular uh live stream event. It's very neat how you're able to do this on Ustream. Yes. Um, 
Is there anything you want to talk about? Because I know I've been bringing up a lot of topics. Yeah, and no, I, I know. I understand. That's, that's great. We didn't it get to see Charlie. Excited. Yeah, we missed Charlie. And John Scott. <laughs> One I was reading for. You, you remember Charlie, right, uh, Doug? Olivia's <laughs> FBI partner? The first season? Oh, yeah. First three seasons? First, well, sort of. Sort of. Mostly. I, I really liked him from season one. And I was very distraught in the second season premiere that he was killed. That's right. I Charlie. mean, it was a whole twist with him being the shapeshifter. But still, I did miss. Um, he was great. Around, yes. Okay, and we got very excited at the end of the third season, we thought since the theater was erased from existence, the timeline would have been reset in the way that he would have uh, been, he would have been killed. But that didn't happen, or they couldn't get the actor. Yeah. One of the two. All right, I have to give a shout out. Okay, you have to give a shout out to that too. A new guy in the chat, uh, Jay-Z Cost. Big fan of Longbow Hunters. Good friend of mine on Twitter, big Chuck fan. I don't even think he watched Fringe, to be honest, but he's probably here just to support me. <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's great. <laughs> Which is good enough. Yes, and uh, if, if you guys want to, you can check out Longbow Hunters. That's Michael's podcast dedicated to the real cool hit show, Arrow on the CW. That you should check out, Doug, if you'd like it. Arrow caster. Actually, I'll be honest with you. I went to go get my hair cut today, and and of course, uh, and of course, one one recurring theme in your uh, in across the airwaves is you always keep up with Arrow, and you're also uh, interviewing one of the writers from Arrow, and 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 uh, I see in front of the mirror there's like this like I think this 23, 24 year old girl cutting my hair, and as I see it, she has this huge. Green picture of Arrow, six pack and everything, without a shirt. Wow. And all I can do, all I can do is think of you, Dan. <laughs> so you're you're Oliver now. I don't have the hots for him. I think he's. No, no, I know, but you, you, you talk about Arrow and across the airways and the, the show itself. So. It's pretty sweet. It's great, but I will get into that show eventually. Yes. Now that see, now that Fringe is done, I, I need a new show to get into, it, and I'll I'll start on Arrow. I promise. You could watch Walking Dead. I can do that too. Yeah. That would, that would scare him. I don't know. Do I have nightmares? I love Walking Dead. Now, we were supposed to have another guest on the show. What's, what's the status on that, Michael? I, you know, I don't know. Was there a text or... Not since last one I sent. I told said person to call you on Skype, and I don't Data think anything has happened. Uh, maybe you should uh, hit the re refresh on the, my text message. We'll see. Time for me to go down again to my hole. Yes, we were waiting on another guest. I don't know what's happened. Well, <clears throat> let's talk about characters for a second, if it's okay with you, Dan. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Let's talk about how characters were, you know, how we were, how, you know, again, you're always, like, second-guessing yourself when it comes to watching Fringe. For example, um... When, when you're, uh, let's say, let's take Nina Sharp, for example. Going all the way back to season one, you never knew, if you think about it, if you took it episode for episode for episode, you never knew whether she was, like, uh, helping or going against. Yes. And then you, you see in one episode she, she kisses Philip Broyles, and, and it's like you, you just never could figure her out. And She's, like, all over the place. Yeah, well... <laughs> 
Yeah. They wrote that to pack out. <laughs> that that could have been the like scene, but... It was the right for existence, from existence, like, the timeline, exactly. But, again, you just never knew where, where she was headed. I mean, it, 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 you just didn't know. And, and then, of course, you have uh, William Bell for, like, all throughout the first season. Like, who is he? What's his purpose? I mean, he, I mean he's, he's like a ghost and everything. Of course, eventually Leonard Nimoy comes up and, and starts uh, and takes over. Where did you think Nina Sharp was from the very beginning? What well, did you I think she was, was a good guy or a bad guy? What, what was your take? I was on the fence with her from, I mean, the beginning because, and I was on the fence about Coriolis too in the first season because yeah. of their connection. It was like, what is going on with these people? What are they doing? And they really, I felt in the pilot, played up massive dynamic so it looked <laughs> like they were a um, bad guy. Uh, yeah, they did. Especially in that, was it, that's, was it Charlie? that gave that whole speech yeah. about how things were changing and there were this big company and he was afraid of it. They yeah. really felt like they were throwing this, trying to introduce this corporate paranoia. Like Lucifer Corp. Yeah, into the show. And then they kind of moved away from that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's the writers not deciding what they wanted <laughs> to do with Massive Dynamic at that point or what it was. Yeah, exactly. Uh, William Bell was another. I didn't. I mean, I, I just didn't know what to take. Even going back to the, like the the uh, the end of season two, where he saves the whole team from the other side, like Walter and 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 and, and Olivia and, and Peter and everything, were um, and whatnot with uh, sending them back to, to to where we are today and everything. But he sent back the wrong Olivia instead. Yeah. And that's such up for season three. I, I mean, I just didn't know where, where William Bell stood even after the end of season two. Yeah. And it's amazing how, you know, with the whole, you know, parallel universe and things shifted and everything and how they did a complete 180 with William Bell's character at the end of season four. Yeah. Which is what, even he has longer hair. Not bad. Um, but I, 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 I've been trying to hold off this this also this one question for you and 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 you can take a poll online too if if you were to rate this this final 100th episode of fringe would you put in your top five of of, of favorite series finale oh man oh or top 10 let's start this would you put this in your top 10 i would put it in my top 10 not my top five I would put it in, I would say that the series as a whole might be one of my top five favorite series. Yeah, I would say that too. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I want to throw this up in the chat too. Is there people in there that can answer the question? Well, there's one who could probably. Oh, uh, well then, if they can answer the question, I'll, I'll answer the question. I'd say top ten. I don't know top five. I, I, well, I don't even know if I can think of five that I liked. You mean you don't like the show? Well, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, I can, I, like, I, like, we talked about Battlestar, not Doug, when we were talking the other day. Yeah. I mean, that, that was pretty good. Uh, Jason A says top bill. ten, not top Here five. we go. Get the plus. Yeah. We're adding another caller on. In terms of series finales, though, is this your top ten or top five? 
I look at uh, Japer 181. Is this is would this be your your top ten uh, series finales or top five season finales or maybe top one hundred season uh, series finales? That's the question. I would say it is. Oh, series finales or fringe episodes in general? Uh, no, just series finales. Oh, I could put it in top five series finales out of a bunch of shows. Yeah. Up there with Smallville and Chuck, definitely. See, I can't say Chuck. I was frustrated with that. Yeah, but I have reasons for liking it more. Yeah. Afterwards. Mainly because of, again, he costs fanfic that yes. fixes it for me. Yes. But yeah. So should we introduce our guest? Yeah. Um, Lindley, are you with us? Me? Can you hear us? Yeah, I think so. Okay, you're on. We have uh, you. Okay. Doug, yeah. Doug, are you still with us too? I'm think... here. Okay. Yeah, you're on. You're on live now, Lindley. Okay, can you hear me? Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay, I wasn't sure if you could or not. No, we're good. We're hearing you. Oh, hi. Hi. Okay. You're coming in pretty good. Oh, okay, good. Good. Yes, okay. everyone, this is Lindley who's here with us on the live show. She is like hardcore fringe fan extraordinaire. Sorry, hard. Like, I, I had to use the past hour to console myself. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, you seem more calm than I thought you would be. Oh, well, that's, that's because I, I forced myself to calm down because I wasn't going to, to call you guys in the state that I was in after the finale, so. Yeah. So it, it, was, it was actually probably a good thing that I had to watch it with my mom and, and not with uh, with you, otherwise I would have really embarrassed myself. <laughs> well, you are also on here with my, my co-host, Michael, who does Hello. podcast with me. And Hello. then Doug, who I think you met... At my birthday celebration last year. Yes, I remember. Yes. It's hello. Hi. Yes, and and Lindley is dating my good friend, from film school, Colin Hendershot. So we have to be nice. Well, yes. <laughs> we'll give Colin a shout out. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. You don't have to be not that nice, but yeah. <laughs> yes, we'll give Colin a shout out. So, yeah. And and Doug's been gracing us with. Fringe questions right now. He's doing okay. a nice job of getting us talking about stuff. Okay. Uh, why don't you present for me with um, a question you asked me, Doug? My question is, you know, of course you've seen more than one series finale. If you were to rate this particular series finale of Fringe, would mm-hmm. you rate it in your top five, your top ten? The series finale, not the episode as a whole, but the the episode of, of, of as a series finale. Well, how would you rate it? Top five, top ten? Uh, versus other TV series finales or themes? Yeah, your personal favorites. Would you rate this as a top five or top ten series finale? Uh, this would probably definitely be a top five for me. Uh, yeah. um, there were uh, a lot of things that I liked about it. Um, I like seeing the bits and pieces of, you know, uh, old fringe cases that, that, you know, were kind of integrated in, into the uh, show towards the end. I like seeing, um, 
even if it was just briefly, you know, what happened on the other, I mean, in the other universe, um, you know, uh, Lincoln and the other <coughs> was great. Um, uh, I really enjoyed seeing more Broyles. This was, I think, the most we've seen of him this entire season. So that probably the season as a whole was probably the biggest disappointment was, you know, you didn't see more Nanny, you didn't see more Broyles. Um, so I, I really liked that aspect of it. Um, uh, but probably my biggest, I mean, so that's, that's probably why it ranks um, in, in the top for me. I, I mean, I really think that it, it brought a lot of things full circle. Um, yet on the same note, it was still kind of open-ended, you know? I mean, I, I would have preferred September, you know, be the one that, to go through with his son um, uh, into what, but I believe it was the future, if I'm not mistaken, to switch everything to change it all. Um, rather than Walter, I, I get the significance of it, but I also would have preferred, since September kind of gave Walter a huge speech about, I understand now how, you know, how it feels to be a father, you know, with the son and all that, I get your, um, your feelings towards your own son. Um, that's why I'm going, I would have preferred to actually being able to well, so my yeah, old thought instead of Walter. So I love you to read that. So I'm sorry, go ahead, Dan. No, I was just gonna say, Mike, real quick. My old thought on the yeah. whole thing was, is that ever since I saw the damage Walter caused on yeah. the other side, I felt that almost he had to make a sacrifice at the end, so the universe would balance itself out for what yeah. he did. Mm -hmm. uh, to get Peter over. I was sad to see September die. I think they could have done it almost without September having to die. Nah. Yeah. I don't know. It's partially September's fault, though, because he saved Peter and Walter in the lake. I guess. So he kind of had to die. You know, well, I guess. Well, but, I mean, but, can, you, but can you say that, that, uh, that Peter and Walter, that whole episode, he had to do that? to stop the observers from doing what they did. I mean, because it was Walter and Peter who, and Olivia ultimately, all together, the three of them, who had to stop the observers. And had Peter, and if Peter died, you know, they wouldn't have been able to do that. So you could say that September was actually doing what he was always meant to do in saving them because they were the ones that needed to stop the observers to begin with. You could, you could go that way with that. Yeah. It depends on how you look at it. Well, I'm going with the white tulip thing. I mean, that whole episode always introduced that a higher power was in control. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's what happened here with, um, you know, September dying and even saving Peter and stuff like that. That mm -hmm. there was something else in control that it wasn't yeah. necessarily them that controlled their fate. Because yeah. September almost seemed certain that it was going to go that way where he and his son would go in the future. And it didn't go down that way at all. Yeah. I don't know, that still disappointed me a little bit, but I, I understand the whole, you know, Walter needed to sacrifice himself. I, I, I get that as, as the character. I'm just happy he's not dead. Because I thought he was going to die. I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, as long as he's not dead, you know, there's, I don't know, there's hope for a movie. <laughs> Doug, Doug, you're awful quiet on this one. I feel like you want to say something. 
Yeah, no, I'm just listening. I'm just listening. I'm enjoying the conversation that's that's happening between the two of you. Okay. As am I. I can. Oh. Oh. Oh, I thought that was my microphone. Okay, so it's you too. I'll come back. Yeah, she'll be back. The good thing is Skype actually calls people's back and gets them on, so that's a good thing. Yours does that? Yeah. Lucky. Mine doesn't do that. If not, she can just call us back. Well, I'm going to get up. Again? Oh, man. (laughs) That's what Michael's here for. Uh, yeah. So this would be in everyone's top five, you'd say. I'll be honest. For yeah. me, in terms of series finale, well, uh, I, I can't put it in my top five series finales. Well, okay. Tell tell us what your top five series finales are then. I, not necessarily in this order, but I, I think I can, I can safely say so far, especially when it comes to number one series finale. Hands down, Battlestar Galactica. It goes to prove that, you know, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, and it shows how all that happened. Even though Battlestar is not Star Wars, but still, it shows how that that one little saying that we've seen over and over and over again over however many years in the beginning of every Star Wars, how that could be made true. A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And just how everything totally came full circle in, that, in, in the last episode of Battlestar was incredible. Incredible. I mean, I even watched it again like like two weeks ago, and I, and I'm still mesmerized at, at how they 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 did that that whole thing. I press, I bet I can watch all every single episode again. It's just still be absolutely mesmerized. Yeah. On top of there, Star Trek: The Next Generation uh, yeah, at the end of season seven. I thought how they did that whole thing with Q and Captain Picard and everything coming full circle and everything coming together was great. How they did Star Trek Generations to follow that was an absolute catastrophe. I want to pretend that never happened. But still, it doesn't matter. I'm just talking about the top five series finales. Star Trek, Next Generation, awesome. Uh, next, Frasier. Frasier, how they concluded that was really, really nice. And that has nothing to do with the fact that I met David Michael Pierce about a month ago, and he's a really nice guy. It has nothing to do with it. Just by itself. The show awesome. was phenomenal. And how they brought everything together at the end of that show was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, following that, of course, you know, Bob Newhart. You know, I don't know if it was Bob or Newhart. It was Newhart. Newhart. It was Newhart or that whole dream sequence. Like, oh, you know, that was great. Just that five minutes alone made up for that. It was was awesome. It was fantastic. That was the one where Bob Newhart threw back to his original show, right? <laughs> exactly. You have people uh, chatted on the conversation that doesn't go back that far. With but that's okay. That's okay. Okay. It, 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 was, so. it was great. Yes. And I'll leave uh, number five up there for you guys. I don't want to... I don't want this to be about me. But unfortunately, as, as, as great as this episode was, I, I, I can't put it in my top five. I might have to rewatch it again. But... It was, it was still a great episode, the, the series finale of Fringe. It takes some digesting, I think, more than anything else. Yeah. You know, I was satisfied with it, though. 
Yes. Like the fringe one? Yeah. Yeah. Can we need to screw the pooch at the end? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 I actually didn't think that they would. I mean, it's, no. it's a matter of, you know, um, how how well were they going to do it? I mean, to me, it was always going to be a, a pretty good finale. Yeah, I, I, I don't know why. I think it was just because Fringe as a whole is such a good series that uh, to me, it just there was a, they weren't going to screw up the finale. It was just going to be, you know, on on what level was was it, uh, you know, going to be as as good as it was. So. Yeah, I have to say I was more invested in the season four finale. Yeah, that was so much more emotional for me. Yeah, and that was so much more more emotional roller coaster. But essentially, now that the timeline reset, that is the end of the series. Yeah. <laughs> so. So that makes it even better for us. Yeah, I guess so. Okay, now this is going to bring me to my next question for everyone. Oh boy. Yeah. Out of every like season finale, which includes this one, I'll count this as a season finale. Tonight's episode, one hundredth episode. What was your favorite season finale? Season one, season two, season three, season four, or season five? Okay. Brave New World Part Two. Nah, uh, you know what? It's got to be over there, Part One and Two, because that caught up with my mind. I think that's yes. the Season one, right? If I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. No, that's season two. That's where they go to go. Going across uh, the first time. Jason Ace is the season yeah. three finale. Yeah, yeah, probably. Season three is the best cliffhanger. Yeah. I'm going to concur with Dan over there, especially with part two. Yeah. That was fantastic. Uh, and there's nothing to affect that Leonard Nemo was in the whole episode, and he was awesome when he's like firing all those awesome guns and everything at the end and blowing stuff up. I mean, it's nothing to do with the fact that he just got off playing Spock Prime and Star Trek. It's nothing to do with it. Just the episode was awesome. How they set you up for season three, especially when when two Olivia's were switched and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. Yeah, and, and then they set the relationship up between Peter and Olivia, and then they have that switch. It 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 was just yeah. I at the end of that, I was I I would have paid so much money to have season three start right at that moment. I mean, I wanted it that badly. So yeah, probably yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you where I was, okay? I, I, there's certain things I can remember when it comes to, like, certain episodes and certain events in life. I'll tell you what happened at the end of... I was watching... It was... It was, um... It was, uh... A Thursday? No, it was a Friday morning. It was a Friday morning. And, uh... Unfortunately, because I don't have cable, I, I, I get my TV off the internet. Or I, I get my TV off the, uh... I, I record my shows on the internet, but... Because my TV is awful, even in my new apartment right now, I, 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 the reception is awful. But I still watch the episode barely. But anyways, I, so what I would do is I'll record it and then I'll I'll watch it the the morning after. So it was a Friday morning and I got up, uh, I got up a little late to watch the episode, and I have to get ready for work by a certain time. Let me tell you, by the end of, that, uh, of over there part two. I had five minutes to get ready for work because I was not going to have anything stop me to, to, to stop watching that, that last episode. That was such a great episode. And of course, then, as I'm taking showers and trying to get ready for work with the, the little five minutes I had, I think to myself, how come they ended it that way? She, she's screaming out for herself. And I, I kind of want to scream my way out of the bathtub at the time because I couldn't believe how they ended it that way. Let me out of here. 
I did get to work late that morning, but still. This goes to show how that, that show affected me. That Just that episode sucked me in. I, I couldn't stop watching it. What, what Usually, it's scary, though. Think about that concept. Mm-hmm. And they just calls her in that dark cell. Mm-hmm. It's like a completely different universe. Mm-hmm. And it's Waltonet. It's Waltonet. It's the last thing she sees. Yeah. Oh, but that's what, that's what made it so fantastic. I mean, as an she's closing, you know, the, almost the, 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 the door on her. It's just, it's, it's fantastic. I loved it. And I loved it how, as much as we love Walter, they mm-hmm. made us hate Walter equally as much. Yeah. That mm-hmm. was unbelievable. That was the unbelievable part of and- season three. At least up until at least up until the the, the timeline switched, like yeah. when Peter got erased and then he came back, and all of a sudden Wolfenet wasn't wasn't the bad guy; he was the good guy. I actually liked that switch a lot. I mean, that three sixty that they did with it, yeah. and all of a sudden the two Olivias weren't enemies; they were almost kind of awkwardly friends. I mean, I really liked that that. Um, reinvention of the show. I really like that a lot. Well, they established that they kind of couldn't. They, they couldn't kill Walter and off. Right. You, know, you couldn't defeat him like a normal bad guy. It's just the way to do it. Kind of like how Battle started with the Cylons there, um, Doug. That mm-hmm. you love that finale. Um, that was a situation where they had to work it out peacefully. They approached it the same way. Can I think reversing the timelines? Gonna be Walter and the bad guy made sense because there was no other option to the dealing with Walter. I mean, that's even how, that's even why Peter sacrificed himself. Like, mm-hmm. he did that now because he knew the best way was to talk things out. Mm-hmm. So then to go back against that in season four would have totally negated that plot device. Even though Lindley almost had a heart attack because Peter was erased from existence, but. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was a little upset that we lost Walternet's, um, I guess, evil personality, so to speak, because I thought it was a really good contrast between him and uh, Prime Walter, and especially with how Prime Walter was tra- changed so drastically in season four, at least at the beginning. Yeah. I felt we needed at least Walternet to have the same continuity from se- the previous seasons, and yeah. we didn't. So I was a little lost. I mean, I watched Fringe in the four weeks leading up to the season five premiere. That was how I watched the show for the first time. So I watched everything at once, and it was all just dumped on me. Okay. So, so, you weren't, you, so you weren't a fan of the, the new alternate uh, in the new Peter timeline in season four, then? No, not really. Right. I, mean, he, I liked him near the end. I liked him near the end of the season, but for a while at the beginning, I just couldn't get into him. It was kind of jarring and shocking, especially in that episode where, uh, you know, Walter completely denied Peter as his son in season four. Yeah, especially yeah. that was a punch in the gut to everyone. Yeah, and and hard to watch. Well, the beginning half of season four was probably my least favorite time of of the entire show. To be honest, it wasn't until around episode nine or ten where it started to pick up where you know things started falling into place more that I, I was like okay now I can see where they were going with this whole thing but watching Olivia and Walter have absolutely no idea who Peter is or was that was just I, I was 
I was borderline almost not even going to bother with the show at that point. I hated it that much. Well, Doug, you know, you talked a lot before about time and the timing of things that they did kind of strange and when they did what and how they handled certain things. Mm-hmm. I think some of those ideas where, you know, the end season three where they went back and forth between the two realities every episode. Right. And, and you know, season four starting out without Peter mm-hmm. the way it was. Do you think that these were factors that kind of hurt the show or I guess kind of killed it in a way? Kind of we loved it, but... I mean, I, there are some people out there that argue the opposite. I just kind of want to hear what your guys' thoughts on that are. Uh, you know, time is very careful. Again, like I emphasize, it's hit or miss. But the way in which they use time throughout this whole series as a whole was perfect. Yeah. Perfect. The timing of which characters were, were, were uh, introduced, the timing in which characters left. It was never sudden. And for the little amount of time they did have people within the show... Uh, they made the most out of it. I mean, it was great. Uh, if not just in foreshadowing and dreams and backflashes and in current events, it was fantastic. He used this time as a theme. Like, I think there was one, I, I can't remember if it was season one. I, I know there was a, it was, it was, it was when, with Walter in it. The, 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 the name of the episode, I think it was 602. I don't know if it was 602 AM or whatnot, but, you oh, know, wait. everything. Yeah, I, do you remember yeah. that? Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah. So, and especially how that, and then how they brought that that use of time at the end uh, here in, in this last episode. How they, of course, I, I oh, now that I think about it, even even the this last shipment uh, in which everything took place, what took place at like six o'clock in the morning, also. So, yeah. again, the way in which they came back full circle. I just thought about that. That just came to me. Yeah, it's two a.m. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's well, great. I didn't even think about that. And even the stopwatch, like, how she had a certain amount of time until she had to get back to the reality, to our side of the episode, the stopwatch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was another example of time. And I bet there were times on the watch that we saw it that probably had importance to the different things. I mean, that's the great thing about Fridge. There's Easter eggs everywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the, still, the one thing I still need to look into eventually are those war shocks that they have at the end, of, uh, right before they break into the commercial. You'll yeah. see a butterfly, or you'll also you'll see a little dragon horse or whatnot. And, and it's never the same thing that's lighting up on the screen on the same corner, even though it'll be the same war shock and whatnot. It's... And, I think I saw in, in, a, in an interview with AJ Abrams on one of the late night shows where if you look closely, it means something. I should actually look back at some of these episodes and start looking and see if I can sort of put... I, I can't make head or, heads or tails of what, the, what those things are supposed to mean, so, if they're supposed to mean anything. There, there's, a, there's a site, it's Fridgepedia.net, and they basically crack the code. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Uh, what, like the, the little symbols right before the commercials? Yeah, they're all glyphs. Yeah, they, they, they crack the code, and they mean words that um, are relevant to the episode. They mean one word that's relevant to each episode. Yeah, they crack it. Yeah, there's like a whole alphabet for, uh, for what each symbol means. There's a letter for each symbol, and, it, and it'll spell out a word um, by the end of the episode. Uh, and uh, uh, you can um, put the symbol to, to each 
letter and it spells out something and it always reverts back to the episode and it matches perfectly. Yeah. And for the finale, the two words that it spelled out were closed and love. Close and love. Oh. Those are the two words. That's How'd you figure, figure that out? Perfect. The Went online? Media site. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Liberty was loved and an enemy of fate was closed. Well, yeah. Although I, I have to, I have to ask, how many of you were? This is my personal opinion. Um, but how many of you either noticed or were irritated by the complete lack of Nina's presence in the series finale? I was a little disappointed. Yeah, I thought we'd at least see her at the end that she was okay. Yeah, I mean, especially with how her character went out. You know, a few episodes ago, you know, with her kind of sacrificing herself to, you know, to keep the plan going and to hide the boy and everything, I would have figured, like, even just at the very end, after Walter and the boy reset everything, like, when Olivia and Peter and Ed come home and, you know, she's there or something, just some kind of sign that she was okay, too, would have been great, considering that she went out a really heroic death, and I, you saw everybody in the episode, uh, you know, there, there was a lot of broils, there was a lot of everybody else, a lot of Astrid, so, I mean, but there was no Nina. Once she's it's, a main cast member, a main cast member, she'll get to be in the finale, I think. Right, exactly, and, and that really, really bothered me, especially, again, with the, the, the way that she kind of heroically sacrificed herself to keep the plan going. I would have loved to have seen, um, uh, something of her in even if it was in the you know it would have to have been in the reset um yeah, i that really bothered me although lincoln wasn't in the season four finale either part because he left the episode before yeah and the same has happened on smallville with some characters who have left the episodes before oh, yeah. their finale it's like Pete ross season three well but he's a little less relevant True, but he's still an actor yeah. in the same vein. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah, the main thing is, I do think that with this episode, and I would assume this is doing or it's just me making my myself feel better about it, but I think when Michael punched her, she saw what was the final outcome, and you talk about the time it would get reset anyway. So that's why she shot herself. But... And again, I, you know, I, I wanted to see, you know, you saw everybody else and you had everybody else playing some kind of integral part in, in, in fixing everything and getting, uh, in resetting, you know, everything to go back to the past so the observers don't take over and you don't see, you don't see her reward. You know, you see, you know, Olivia and Peter's reward, but you don't see Nina, you know. And that, that bothered me a lot. And I wanted to see Charlie's reward, too. I know! Mm-hmm. He disappeared completely. I mean, you got to see Lincoln, you know, yeah. I mean, to, to, to some extent, but then there was no Charlie. Yeah. I mean, really, what was he? The last time we saw him was, what, season three? Yeah. Yeah, and then, I mean, he was, he was nowhere to be found um, and, um, yeah. either, in either timeline. That was, or either universe, either timeline. That was, that was frustrating. Yeah, and the taxi driver, too. Yeah. <laughs> you really were rooting for that taxi driver. I like the taxi driver. Yeah, Henry. I would have loved to have seen that. I would have seen somewhere. That, that would have been great. I mean, especially, uh, you know, both Henry and Henrietta are named after him. That, you know. Yeah. That would have been fun. 
So did, you know, as the band, why what, what Peter and Olivia's children were named after the person who, who helped her? Yeah, that would have been great. I, I agree. Well, but. how much you want to bet that Lincoln and Olivia named their son Henry? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did they? They didn't. They didn't say the name of their son, did they? No, they did not. Yeah, they didn't. Yeah. Oh, that, that would have been really funny if they named him Henry. Henry oh. Lee. Henry Lee. There you go. Yep. Sounds like an action hero name. Kind of does. Like Bruce Lee. Okay. Just Henry Lee. Lincoln Lee's kind of an action name, too. Yes. <laughs> and he had an awesome action moment, by the way. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, who did? Lincoln. Oh, yeah. Thinking about the Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I was... Go ahead. Well, no, I was going to say, I think they used the, like, the perfect amount of time of Lincoln and Bolivia, you know, and just enough, showed just enough of what their lives had become and and use them for their rightful purpose in the finale and didn't overuse them but didn't underuse them either you know just enough to show the fans where the characters ended up and and enough to be useful and then they ended there and that was i really appreciated that they didn't use up too much time you know yes most definitely and could say my favorite line of the episode was uh was uh, Peter asking Walter about the bullets? That yes. like the zero gravity bullets? Yeah. Like, what would you use these for? Walter's like, oh, it'd just be cool. Yeah, it's cool. Yep. Yep. And then that that was a moment where it made me that that's when it really kind of hit me how much I was really gonna miss the show. You know, when Walter did you know said that to Peter because one of the things that. And famous in the fans that I know, and and people who who love the show dearly are like the Walternisms they call them. You know, I mean, like Walter's fun little little quirks that he that he does, the fun little lines that he says. And then when he said that to Peter, it just kind of hit me how much I'm not going to see that anymore. And that that was really really sad because it was just it was so great. And he's and he goes and and just kind of like a little he flips those lines so <coughs> yeah so, yeah that, that that hit me pretty hard well, so, yeah. Cool. yeah well Doug talked about top fives I would have to say Walter is one of my top five favorite television characters oh yeah yes no doubt no doubt Walter is yeah it's still it's still it's still will forever will forever just <coughs> boggle my mind how he does not have at least one Emmy for the character. Well, I agree. So did we? Did we just lose her? We just lost her real quick. Okay. But but do you agree with that notion? She was break, she was breaking up on my end, but uh, something regarding. Him getting an Emmy or at least a nomination. Yeah, you know, that, that, that's what gets me. Over the past four seasons, I don't think he's got any nominations. No. How that is. And he's outstanding. He's outstanding. I think he's better than half the people that are nominated nowadays. Yeah. I mean, they're all playing things we've already seen before. You haven't seen a character played like this before. <laughs> it's great. 
Well, he's a good person. I mean, John Noble as an actor playing Walter and Walter Nett, two completely different people in itself. Oh, yeah. And they did that beautifully. Everyone played that great. Mm-hmm. Well, I think she's coming back. Yeah, she's going to return. Oh, man. But I, I'm looking at some of the chat board, and I love some of the things. Like, you know, I was thinking about five, Apartment 513, and I'm like, why would that be significant? Of course, of course, I see Michael over here said, well, yeah, hence, season five. Yeah. Episode 13, I'm like, oh, yeah, duh. Listen. <laughs> Nice. You know, it's, it's, it's certain things like that. And, you know, you knew there there's a reason behind it, and I couldn't figure it out at the time. I was more upset at my TV since I couldn't see the episode very well, but so. Michael's on Tumblr right now. Good people are posting white tulips all over the place. <laughs> I'm dying here. And there's also a motion capture of the scene with Blinken uh, uh, grabbing Olivia's. Ask her. Or looking at it, <laughs> not grabbing it. He grabs it. Does he? Full, uh, full of his, yeah. Well, yeah, he gets hers, not full <laughs> of his. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's unfortunate, I mean, that John Noble has not gotten the nomination for this role. I mean, every time I think of Walter Bishop, I just smile. Mm-hmm. I do. Can I, and I just laugh a little bit. Mm-hmm. God, sometimes they put me in a good mood. I have this little YouTube video that's set to the song um, "Crazy" by mm-hmm. Charles Barkley, and it's it's Walter it's Walter flips in there, and I play that. It's just hilarious. Could be too much time on this. <laughs> but one one thing I do love, and it always seems to revolve around Walter is the use of music. Yes. It's always something completely different. And to this day, without a doubt, my favorite scene will be from season four when Walter was sitting there on his uh, on his uh, sofa chair with all those uh, speakers in front of him with his head back and, and, and there's that whole silhouette from the Max L tapes. Know what I'm talking about? Yes. Mm-hmm. What song oh. is that? But but in the end though, I mean that that was great. I mean that was a great look, But at the same time though, just every time there's a different song, there's it's always so awesome and it's always so him and it's always represents the mood and and you know it. I'm, I'm not I'm not I'm not for uh, psychedelics or drugs or anything. But with him, he makes it look kind of cool. I have to admit. Yeah. <laughs> He certainly picks the right music for it. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've thrown in, I think, White Rabbit and some of those classic stoner-based songs. And uh, one of my favorite episodes with the music standpoint was the one with Christopher Lloyd, where he was the musician. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, Doc but- Brown meeting Dr. Bishop mm-hmm. is awesome in itself. But then when they did the whole musician aspect, that was outstanding. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll, I'll be honest with you. 
Uh, after X-Files, I didn't think there would be another show out there on TV that would quite match that. And I'm not even including the last three seasons of X-Files. Let's pretend those don't even exist. They should uh, make an X-Files 3 movie, and in the first five minutes, they kill those two main characters. <laughs> but, and then Fringe comes out, and it, you know, was just completely out there and totally awesome with the paranormal, only from a different point of view. I thought it was going to be another type of X-Files, but it turned out not to be. I was wrong. It actually turned out better. Now the question is, will they be able to recreate something as awesome as this? Because after Battlestar, I didn't think there'd be another show I'd watch. Because I'm very selective about the shows I watch. I used to watch Boston Legal. No more. Because it's, of course, off the air. Battlestar. Awesome. Now that's off the air. And then Fringe came out. Awesome. I don't know if I have an excuse to watch TV anymore. I'll be honest. Yeah, the thing with those shows <laughs> is they were just long enough. They weren't on forever so that they just died because mm-hmm. we were sick of them. Exactly. I mean, I could have seen Fringe during maybe a season six, but I think they would have ultimately, just out of their sheer understanding of story, that they would have called it quits before they were canceled. Yeah. yeah it, it, it's like the old saying, you know, you quit while you're still ahead. Yeah. Um, with Battlestar, they did that. They quit while they were still on top. Fringe, <laughs> I'm not going to say they were they were on top, but at the same time, they weren't sinking either. And I think this this was, the, 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 when Fox came, the, the 13 episode Green Light gave him just enough time to give him a whole bunch of resolution to, to what was... That, to, to what just happened. Well, what was it to come? Go ahead. They're just gonna say, and the thing is with the season four finale, they didn't know it. Did they not know at that point if they were gonna get picked up again? No, they, they they made it so that if that were the last episode, so be it. But they left just a little bit of room uh, so that they can do a season five. Right, and you really could have ended it with that season four finale, regardless of uh, mm. what Walter and September talk about at the end, because you could have done a movie after that and ended it. Hmm. Because on that level, it would have been awesome. I don't know. John Noble was talking about kind of when they ended it, it left it wide open for a movie. I don't know if we're going to get to see that. I would love to see that. It would be great to see, but I just don't know if there's enough of a driving force behind it to get it to happen. Alternate version of season five in a movie? No, it's, I mean... No, that wouldn't work. I think with, you know, with the budget they had, especially, the thing about the show is everything revolved around budget. When they first started the show, they were based out of New York and L.A. And then, I don't know if it was season two or season three, but then they had to pick up shop and move to Canada mm-hmm. in order to continue filming to cut costs. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. And now... Even though they were still, I mean, I'm not saying, I mean, these episodes aren't cheap. I mean, it's in the millions each episode. But uh, with the amount, what, what, the way how they were able to distribute that money to produce each episode was phenomenal. Especially with season four and season five, especially season five with glimpses of the future. How, 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 to think of how difficult it is to creatively create the future on budget for a show like this. I mean, it goes to show how, how, how story is key and, and, and throughout this whole series. I think that there's one thing that revolved, which was unparalleled, was the fact that they 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 had a, a, a strong story throughout the whole series. 
Yeah. I mean, they had all these storylines within each episode, but in the end, the series in itself, as a story, was top-notch. Oh, yes. As, as a whole, the series is outstanding. And you really get hooked with the first episode with the pilot. Mm-hmm. Like, if, I had, if you hadn't told me, Michael, sit down and watch that before the final season, I probably would have never seen the show. Yeah. Quite recommend it to everybody. I just think it's so imaginative. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're going into writing for television or writing films. Mm-hmm. I think this is a prime example to show people. Especially if you're going into the world of sci-fi. I think this is one of the best presentations of sci-fi out there. And if you want to break into the business, you need to watch this and work out of the way to either top it or reach the same level of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you'll I, I swear you'll solve it to a network. Well, possibly. Just not Fox. Yeah, I, <laughs> and, and that's the thing. I would... Because Terminator was on this level. A lot of sci-fi writers would be very skeptical of Fox from here on out. Because Terminator was on the level of Fringe when Fringe first started. And unfortunately, it didn't get to keep going because it probably could have reached as well as the last few seasons of Fringe did. Yeah, Doug, did you watch that, Terminator? No, I, I was probably thinking for my boards at the time. Okay, well... But but I, I can't watch it on Amazon. I think it's free on Amazon Prime, so... Well, that was a show that was very um, high-concept sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A lot of people dogged it at first because they're like, oh, it's a knockoff of the Terminator franchise. You know, that's kind of dumb to make a TV show out of a movie. But it was better than the last two movies. Yeah, and it it, it turned out to be. I'd say the first four episodes were very slow. And it it was not enough to keep people interested in the show. Mm -hmm. But once they got past those four episodes, they got some great content. It's just people wanted something. People weren't patient. Great, yeah. Great within the first two episodes. The pilot was outstanding. Mm -hmm. Beyond that, it was a little... Shoddy, and then episode four, they brought in a new character and just went through. Okay, it was it was a great series. Season four. I mean, no, I said it was just a great series. Oh, I thought you said season four. <laughs> episode I four. I was going to say the ratings went through the roof, but that's not right because the ratings didn't go through the roof. But they should have gone through. Yeah. Well, are you back with us? I I think so. Yeah. Yes, my okay. computer my computer seems to hate Skype for whatever reason. <laughs> well, it's a computer for you. Uh, I'm sorry. So, so what were you guys talking about? Uh, well, we were talking about... Donators. Well, yeah, we did get into the... Uh-oh. We lost her again. Dark computer. Oh, man. It's evil. Oh. Satan computer. Yeah, but it's... But, you know, just, you know... Fringe as a whole was a great show. And I think how it resolved... It's wonderful. And and uh, I hope they, they have another show that comes out that, that meets uh, the, the strong story that, that, that the, the, the show is able to produce. I don't know if we'll see that in the future, but hopefully we do well, one day. I mean, they certainly tried with uh, that Alcatraz show, which mm-hmm. kind of crashed and burned. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. There will be a lot of trial and error. But overall, I was... This was a great show to watch, and, and how it ended was, was really nice. Now, did either of you guys notice the J.J. Abrams lens flares at the end with Walter and Peter? He which one? I, I, 
What'd you say? I didn't hear you say again. Oh, I said, did you notice the J.J. Abrams like lens flares at the end of the episode with uh, Walter and Peter when Walter goes with Michael into the future? The lens flares? The lens flare. The all the, it was Super Eight, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Super yeah. Eight and Star Trek. Yeah. Right. Now, yeah. This is good. I think they did that also when he crossed over. Yeah, they did that earlier in the series too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The lens flares. Yeah. What? Hello. Hello. Okay. Hello. Hello. Yeah, we're right. We got you back. Okay, good. All right. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Continue. So, yeah. I want to make sure you can hear me. That's all. So where were we? I don't know. Where were we? Oh, lens flares. Yeah, we're talking about lens flares. And yeah, but I, I did notice that. Okay. Good. Yeah. I'm not crazy. Yeah. Well, I am crazy. Now, when the year, you're a big X Files fan. Huge. Yeah. And and Doug was. Saying how he thought this popped it, am I correct there? Well, you know, after X Files, I didn't think there would be any other series that can match that. And then when 2008 came and this show came out, obviously I was wrong. Right. Whether this is better than X Files, I cannot answer that. Yeah, I mean, they're two different shows. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm going to pretend like the last three seasons of X-Files don't exist, but at the same time, just these two shows by themselves are strong shows. If I had to compare the two and pick one, even with a gun to my head, I don't know if I'd be able to do that. Choose my favorite show. Yeah. Well, we can test that theory. Yeah. You're all hard, you know? Yes. <laughs> but... It's not that I couldn't, I just refuse to choose. Yeah, I know. I just, uh, I love both. I'm, I'm wondering if we need to turn video to Doug off, and that's why. Well. Okay. Are you back? Yeah, I think so. Got her alone for how long? I had no idea. You were I, saying, you were talking about the X-Files and how... And how you didn't think there would be another show that could compare to that could compare to it? Am I am I correct? Yes. Yes. Um, are you asking me if I agree or disagree or? Well, we're asking you. I mean, do you think Fringe? If that's a fair statement that Fringe lived up to what the X Files was. Because Doug was saying that you know he never thought there could be something like the X Files or something that could live up to it, and then Fringe came. Right. And, and, you know, lived up to his expectations. Because right. do, you, do you agree that Fringe did that? I, I believe that the X-Files um, allowed Fringe to, um, to be a show. I mean, I, I believe that the X-Files was kind of the, um, the, the, the starting point, you know, the, yeah. the door opener for shows like this. Um, I saw and felt a lot of X-File-ish type of things, you know, with the weird cases and stuff like that. But um, there were also a lot of dynamics that were very different, you know, between, I mean, character-wise, between Fringe and the X-Files. I I guess you could, uh, the closest that I would say um, 
the two could get would be in, in the fact that they're both, you know, very serialized shows that you had to uh, spend a lot of time watching um, uh, shows. Both of them were very devoted to their fan base uh, and, um, uh, and, and cared about what they thought. Uh, but I think that's probably the closest that you're going to get, in my opinion, between the two shows. Other than that, I mean, and The Strange, of course, The Strange, you know, um, just just the strange cases and, you know, uh, weird stuff, freaky stuff, scary stuff, that kind of, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, I mean, you could, again, I think that Fringe is uh, kind of a... Uh, um, like a distant relative, almost, if you want to say, of the X-Files. Uh, but I don't think you can make the comparison uh, between the two. I think uh, while they share some similarities, I still think they're two very, very different shows. And um, they're both great, but uh, in their own uh, different ways. Very different ways. Uh, I And I would have to say, if I had to pick one over the other, I think that because it's I think because Fringe ended, it had a, it had the opportunity to end end on their own terms. I would say that Fringe is probably a more complete series. You know, I mean, it wasn't pushed too far. Um, but you know, I mean, I loved the last few seasons of The X Files. I mean, I, I personally I love those uh, those seasons, but. Uh, um, well, except for season eight. We'll pretend season eight didn't, didn't never happen. But, um, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, this thing comes. I don't. I don't think you could. You could. You know, say that. I think Fringe is a much more warm and fuzzy show. I'm sorry. Say that again. Fringe is much more warm and fuzzy compared to the X Files. I yeah, I, I totally agree. There was a lot, a lot more character um, interaction, a lot more character dynamics in in French. I mean, with the X Files, you just had Mulder and Scully, and that was about it. Yeah. You know, so I, I yeah, I loved, I loved the the almost the, the family, um, the the family vibe that 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 French had, and the love that the, that the characters obviously, you know showed each other and had for one another. That you didn't see too often in the X-Files because of the whole, you know, hidden sexual tension thing, we can't go too far or whatever to show that they actually love each other type things. That wasn't, that was another thing that didn't happen here. And I, and I appreciated the fact that, especially with Olivia and Peter, they could have gone that route, and they didn't, you know? Yeah. I, I love that. And they, they let a... a legitimate relationship grow and let the fans love the characters being together and enjoy them being together and not have to hate the writers for constantly, you know, keeping them together when they should be together, you know. So I and I, I respect it for that. So very different dynamics. But I mean different yeah, different job of not like killing us or dragging out the will they won't they with yeah. Olivia Peter. Yeah. 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 They did it just enough to keep us interested, but it wasn't enough to just kill us. Let's make it more so. Like some shows. Some yeah. shows, yes. Yeah. I absolutely agree. That was one of my favorite things about the about 
um, about the show was that they didn't over they didn't overextend themselves in that area. You know, at the yeah. end of season two, they knew that it was time to get Olivia and Peter, Olivia and Peter together, and that allowed for the fans to enjoy them as a couple and for the family to become even closer. It, it added a whole new dynamic, and I love that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it was a great thing about the show was that a family dynamic between the group. Um, in the end, even Astrid got included. I mean, she was a lowly, kind of lab type person for the first season, and she became almost as integral to the group kind of as, you know, part of the family as everybody else. Especially yeah. in the alternate universe. Yes, and I love Astrid's relationship with Walter throughout the show as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. she made the character as much as Walter did, and that scene with Jean. Oh, that was fantastic. Oh. Yeah. That was just great, and I love Walter's life. You always knew how to soothe me. After yeah. Yeah, and then when he, and when he told her that, that, that uh, she had a beauty, that her name was beautiful. Yeah. You know, when the whole running joke throughout the entire show was that he couldn't, he could never seem to get her name right <laughs> it, yeah that was great we had Astro and Asterix and every <laughs> oh. variation of that what show. was the one he t- said in the finale Ashcan at no so, that wasn't that it's really it doesn't call her Ashtray I think she, he's called her that <laughs> okay. that wouldn't surprise me okay, when are they going to start selling great licorice yeah, oh, yeah. Again, more of the, the Walters and that, that remind me why I, I love that. I love this show so much and why I'm going to miss it. And why, and why you know, John Noble just needs to stay that character forever. <laughs> John Noble needs another job. Somebody yeah, needs to scoop yeah, him yeah. off. He's so fantastic. All of them are. You yeah. know, and I'm not I'm not gonna lie, when I first saw Joshua Jackson, I was like, I was really, really skeptical. I was yeah. really skeptical that I could see him as anything else other than Mr. Dawson's Creek, but well, he was fantastic and in the entire show. Doug and I were talking about just how it was such an outstanding breakout role for Joshua oh, yeah. Jackson. Yeah. And to get him out of that mold of Dawson's Creek. Yeah. The Mighty Ducks, Charlie the Mighty Duck. Yeah, and, it, and he did a fantastic job with it. I mean, every every single scene, and and him and John Noble, they had fantastic chemistry, and so did um, uh, him and uh, Anna Clark. Yeah. All of them had fantastic chemistry. And, and I do think, you know, Joshua Jackson did just a great job of carrying this show. Uh, and Anna Torbita, she was a relative newcomer, and I really think John Noble... And Joshua Jackson really brought out, you know, a great performance for her. It really yeah. helped her grow as an actress throughout this show. Especially yeah. after the first two seasons. Yeah, she, I mean, she should be very proud of the experience she gained as an actress by being a part of this show. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, because I, I, I just, uh, I just watched the pilot, I want to say, two days ago, and it, it was... It was really shocking to me how much 
how much the evolution has taken place, you know, I mean, between all of the characters, you know, I mean, it's just, it, it was, it was really, it was really great to see, and I think that they hit on all of those points in the final, which is something that I really enjoy. Yeah, well, that's just something Michael was saying to me, because he yeah. also recently watched the pilot. Yeah. Yeah. So you're in good company on that one. Very, the finale is very different from where the pilot started the series, for sure. <laughs> The show has evolved so much over the last five years. It's crazy. Right. But I think I think that was one of, I mean, at least as, as a diehard fan, uh, you know, and, as, and I'm sure you guys can appreciate this, is the fact that they really did go out of their way to uh, almost reinvent the show after, at least I believe so, I felt that, I felt that way, after, uh, after every season finale, you know. It was something new. Like there was something exciting and different about the show in the next season, but it never went, it never strayed too far from what Fringe was all about, you know? Yeah. Well, it takes a lot of work to deal with that over a, you know, summer hiatus to come up yeah. with what you're going to do next and completely change the dynamic of the show. Yeah, or even just on, over the period of the show's life in general. I mean, how many times has it, like, Take Lost, for example. You know, once once they did the whole flash-forward thing, they totally lost where the original show was, you know, was grounded in. Yeah. You know, they tried to reinvent the show, and it and, it, and they lost it. You know, whereas Fringe was able to do it every single season and kept the originality and kept the essence of what the show was from the very beginning, and that is extremely difficult to do. Well, it made it great. Well, to me, is Lost, the idea of that was, Fringe was kind of the next evolution after Lost. Yeah, the better evolution. Yes. <laughs> and I had a theory for a while that's kind of changed after JJ's other shows like Alcatraz, and I think it was yeah. other yeah. covers with the Fox. But I had this feeling that JJ Abrams improved every time got the show he was a part of. Because Alias was pretty good, and then it <laughs> fell apart. Then yeah. Lost came, and Lost was a step better. And then Fridge came, and that was, I felt, a step even better. And then, yeah. of course, he did Star Trek, which was good stuff on top of that. And Super, Super 8. First of Interest. Oh, and First of Interest is another great show. That, but I, I feel that's a different entity than Fridge. That's <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm just show. saying that he has a hand in it. But, yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, I kept thinking he was getting better because then he had Alcatraz <laughs> and Revolution, which is all right. I like Revolution. I know you like it, but... I don't, I don't know. There was something about the pilot in Revolution that just never caught me. You know, I mean, it's... it's, it's uh, I don't know. Well, no. and that's even a different show than Fridges in itself, too. Yeah. Yeah. I don't it's know. It's, it's, you can tell when you're watching the pilot when it's going to work and, and when it's not. Or if you're going to be interested in, in or if you're, you're not. And when I watched the Revolution pilot, I, I just, I don't know. There's just something that told me I wasn't going to be interested. It certainly wasn't the Fringe pilot where we got our mind blown and had like a million yeah, questions. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so were you going to say something? I felt like we kind of cut you off. No, I was probably clearing my throat. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, feel free to jump back in. I'm sorry, I feel like I'm cutting you off. You're not, you're not. I'm just listening. Trust me. He's enjoying the conversation. 
I, I get to listen. I do a lot of talking at work as it is, so it's nice to just sit back and listen to talk about something that's not medical related for once. Okay. <laughs> no idea. It's so not nice. that cringe can't be medical related. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Those cravings in the operating room. I'm sorry. Did you ever get cravings in the operating room? <laughs> oh gosh, yeah, I, I don't think a friend I would want to go there on the medical aspect. No. Mm-mm. Oh goodness. But yeah, no, I can feel free to jump in. I could go on for a long time about this show. Now, does anyone have a favorite fringe episode they can name oh. off the top of their head? I mean, there's so many great ones, it's hard. I I have I have one in particular that blew my mind and I watched about a billion times immediately after I saw it. And um that was um the episode of Welcome to Westfield in season four. Yeah, it was that was I, unbelievable. Yeah, that episode was was I was on the fence about season four, you know, with the whole you know, again, Peter coming back and everything. But then once I saw that episode, I was like, holy crap, they know exactly what they're doing. Yeah, that episode was unbelievable with the special effects, too, at the end. Yeah, I I love the story. I love the fact that it was kind of the three of them, you know, again, kind of trapped. And, you know, you're seeing this dynamic come into play between Walter and Peter and Peter and Olivia. And then, you know, um, Walter and, and Olivia, who think that they're kind of, you know, alone with the stranger when in reality they're not because they're having these moments that they don't even realize they're having with Peter. And it's just, I just thought the entire episode was amazingly written, amazingly shot. I mean, the, just everything about it was amazingly acted. I mean, it was, I mean, when Olivia's having these almost, flashbacks of, of, the, of the other timeline when she's with Peter. It's, I mean, it was just absolutely fantastic. I loved it. It was that moment after that episode ended that I said, okay, I'm, I'm good now. <laughs> they know where they're going with it. And it's going to be amazing. It's going to be awesome. I have every faith that they're not going to screw this up at the end. So, I mean, like, it's just... If this is going to be the end of the show, I know they're not going to screw it up at the end of the season. So, welcome to back to the Yeah, I thought it was a very good self-contained episode. Yes, absolutely. That was the best part of it. It fringed in a lot of those where they would have them go on an adventure that just took place at one place. Yes. Instead of doing the whole procedure and going around stuff like that. And that was probably one of the best episodes of Fridge that yeah. did that. Yes. It's certainly one mine, for sure. Mm-hmm. And, then it, and then it ends with, with the wonderful shocker of Olivia thinking, actually, kids are coming to her flashbacks and thinking that she's the other Olivia. And I just, I mean, it was, I just thought it was fantastic. Yeah, definitely. I really like that, too. Um, Doug, you have a favorite? Uh, you pretty much mentioned it when we were talking about season finales. Okay. But if I had to choose one that was not... Uh, season finale related, uh, it would have to be Peter. Uh, that's, I think that was season one or two where Walter Tendall's flash back to 1985 when, uh, he's going back and, and how he was torn between 
crossing over and saving Peter or not. And this is where, it's where everything happened. And it's where he, he talked about it in this last episode, how he stole time. And he was on stolen time with Peter, and he regrets, he doesn't regret a minute of it. Yep. That's where stolen time began. Yep. Yeah, it, it was, I mean, that was everything we wanted to be. They yep. built up that concept. They blew us away with it. God, it was great. Mm-hmm. And then they did that really cool uh, retro intro. Mm-hmm. It was fun. And plus to see uh, John Noble in that hair. Oh, yeah. that was the way, but still, it's so awesome. Yeah, and I loved it. You know, the other part was that was equally as good. Was it season four where they did the episode with uh, young Peter and Olivia? Oh, this is three. Time? That was three. Was that three? That was also very yeah. good as well. Yeah. yeah that, 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 that one was also fantastic. Yeah, I love that one too. Yeah, look, what did, I have to I have to ask. I don't know if you guys talked about this or not. While my computer was was giving me problems, um, uh, talking about I don't know if you guys talked about um the special um was it like there are special episodes in every every nineteenth episode of the season? Yes. You guys did mention those, okay? Yeah, we did talk about those. We were okay. talking about how much we loved the animation one in uh, season three. Yeah. Really? So was that the consensus favorite? Yeah. Oh, okay. Mine, um, personally, was um, the, uh, the flash forward to, uh, to 2034 when you find out that Peter and, and, and Olivia had, had a daughter and kind of set up what was to become season five? I think it was, it was in season four, episode nineteen. I can't remember the name of it yeah. off the top of my head, but um, that one just because it shocks you with the fact that you have a daughter, and you and you now know what's kind of coming at the end, towards the end of the season. You know, Olivia, based on the time, has to be at her age, has to be pregnant. You know, can come around the present that they're in. I, I loved that personally. I loved that that nineteenth episode. The set of season. Yes. So, but I often animated more than that. Yeah, that was that was a very good episode. I I love the twist with Adam being introduced. Yeah. All went. I mean, wow, and it did have me fired up for this season. And the actress they got to play Edda. Perfect. Was perfect. Perfect. Was oh man. Yeah. She it played it very scary. well. She looked like Edda. <laughs> I mean, yes. it, it was it was frightening. It was as if the two actors literally got together and had a 24-year-old daughter. It was scary. Yeah. I mean, so so perfect. But scary good, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, imagine how it was for those actors. Yeah. They're just like, whoa. <laughs> good morning. Yeah. It's like, hey, guys, so this is your new main cast member? Yeah. Yes. Right. Or it's like you, you, it's like one of them look at each other and be like, uh, so did we have a night that we don't remember 24 years ago? Yeah. 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 That was, that was great. Uh, and I've never, I've never watched an episode of, uh, of a TV show that, you know, a few episodes away from the finale, uh, where it actually set it up. Um... The story animation like that episode did. 
So I was I was thoroughly blown away by that aspect. Yeah. So, I mean, unless unless you guys have seen an episode like this that I that I haven't on a different TV show, but uh, like I said, I've never seen an episode set up a, a next season like that. No, I, I've never heard of a show giving a preview of the fifth season in the fourth one or you know, right. a different season. That's, that's very different. And again, that just goes again, proving that Fringe was one of the most imaginative ideas on TV. And I really think the whole idea of the alternate yeah. universe is one of the most you know original ideas they found on television in the past 10 years. So yeah, I really do believe that. I, I will stand by that show to this day. Because that was something we had seen before. We saw, we saw a lot of outer space. We saw, you know, alien worlds and uh, space westerns and everything like that. Because alternate realities was a new thing. Mm-hmm. And so that was a really, you know, a neat world to explore that we had never been in. Right. And so that's what made the show great. Um, I don't think mm-hmm. everyone gave it a chance. Which is unfortunate. Yeah. If you are one of those people, I hope you go back and watch it. Well, I think that's that's in that that's the that's a problem that that or the both the problem and the chance that 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 you take when you have such a stylized serialized show like this, where it's one of those you can't really miss too many episodes, otherwise you're just kind of you know oh you know kind of wearing. And yeah. in the show, and, and, and it, you know, it's it, it dedicated to a TV show, um, where where it's it, it's not one of those easy things like all these you know simple detective shows you can just come in at any point in time and watch whenever and it's, it's you know you get what's going on. So I I think that's the main problem, you know, and. Yeah, and, and what you gotta network's gotta do is when it's serialized and it depends on you tuning in every week, they can't move the night. Yeah. That's the biggest mistake that Fox made with the show. Yeah. They found that out a lot. It's the biggest mistake mistake any network makes with the show. Well, they lost a lot of their audience when they moved to Friday. Yeah. Yeah. I had but... a lot of friends who watched French and they stopped watching it because they wanted to go out and party. Yeah. Yeah, Friday night is not the TV night. Let's just say that. Right. And the other problem is for a couple seasons, it was rivaling this show Supernatural. Yeah. Which also had a very fierce fan base as well. Which you would sometimes watch. But it, it depended why well, I watched Fridge over Supernatural. A lot of times, especially the last few years. <laughs> mm-hmm. Although... The the moving the moving of the, the 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 TV show from a bunch of different days, um, uh, that it can either be a death sentence to a show or not. It really just I think depends more more on the show. I mean, because look at Bones, they've moved Bones I think to, to pretty much every single night of the week except for Friday. You know, I mean, so I mean, for eight years. So and the friend, and the fans have followed it, at, you know, every single to every single night it's been changed to. The only difference is that it's not exactly as serialized as Fringe, you know. So right. it's easier to come into Bones than to Fringe. So it's 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 I think it's more the type of of show. But 
the moving around of the knife doesn't help. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. So, Michael, did you have a favorite episode? Getting around everybody. You know, I, I probably would have to agree with Doug. Peter is definitely one of my favorite episodes. Yeah. The uh, animation episode in season three is definitely up there as well, and so is Subject 13, which is another flashback one. Okay. The one where Peter and Olivia first meet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I know those are the most common in top three, I guess, episodes to pick, but they they really are that good. Yeah. Especially Peter. Yeah. Especially Peter. And the other thing is... We Peter make... makes me cry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that makes a lot of people cry. Both the character and the episode. The other thing we talked about a lot on uh, the podcast was this idea of a memorable one-off character. <coughs> Kyle, that character... <coughs> I guess villain of the week. Sometimes villain. Sometimes person. I guess the center of the fringe event of the week, we'll call it. Um, was a part of the show, and I wish we could go back through and call our favorites. That's almost impossible to do. But yeah. there are so many of them. Yeah. We could just name main ones like David Robert Jones or Newton. Well, one that came off the top of my head for like a memorable one-off character this you know, a one-shot character that the story was about. No, it was the one where um, Aaron Ashmore oh, yeah. and Sean Ashmore were on. Oh, yeah. The yeah. Two brothers. That was a really great one. That was a good one. Yeah. yeah. Another one I can think of is the Candyman. Oh, gosh. That was, that was frightening. That was a great uh, Olivia episode. Yes. I would say that was Anna Torres' best performance in the series. Was yeah. that episode close? Yeah. Yeah, it was up there. I mean, the season four finale was <laughs> mind blowing. She yeah. shot in the head. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's up there. <laughs> well, unfortunately, we are running low on recording time um, with our Skype and our you streaming. Well, oh, bummer. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of bummed I came in uh, late. I had to, I had to control my, myself afterwards. I, I understand that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was much less uh, emotionally impactful at the end than I thought it would be. I mean, yeah. every of the characters ended up in a place I was pretty much satisfied with. Yeah. There wasn't anything where I wanted to scream at the TV about. Yeah, I was. I, I think. I mean, uh, it got me emotional when when Peter, as you know, uh, Walter's taking um, the the boy through the portal right beforehand. He says, "I love you, Dad." I mean, oh, that got me emotional. But other than that, I think more emotion came from just the fact that you know the show's over. Like, I don't have this amazing, incredible thing to watch anymore. Yeah, yeah, that's where more of my emotion came from. It was so. more sadness than anger wanting to yell at the TV. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to yell when Walter walked through the portal, though. Yeah. yeah. I really would have rather it had been September, just so September could live and Walter could be with his family. But I completely understand the reasoning for it and support it. So I'm yeah. mad, and yet I'm happy. I, I, I'm, I'm with you on that, only I don't support it. I really, really wish it had been the other way around. That would that would be probably the one and only thing I would have changed, other than having Nina 
in in some capacity in um in the episode. Olivia should have launched that bullet right through Winmark's skull. Yeah, yes, I agree. <laughs> I think by that point they ran out of money. All you had to do is throw it. <laughs> I mean, I it's easier than getting hit by a car. Either do something cool with Winmark's stuff, or. The build-up to him getting hit by the car was great, you know, like with the lights going out in the yeah. back and everything, like the lead-up to it was great, but then afterwards it was just kind of like, oh, I guess that's how he's going to go. <laughs> yeah, yes. I, I think it should have been more, I guess, epic. But, you know, <laughs> he went it's, it's like, no, it's okay, you just killed my daughter, all I'm going to do is, you know, smash you like a sandwich in between a couple of cars, that's all I'm going to do. I'm not going to put a bolt through your skull like I should. Yeah, exactly. It was the ultimate yeah, She didn't have these Magneto-like powers until just now when she realized it. <laughs> and yeah. she went all incredible Hulk on him. I mean, finally, she, Rage just caught up with her, and then boom. So, again, yeah, it goes back to timing. Why yeah. I tore him to play She-Hulk. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, Dan, you and I wanted Peter and Olivia to have powers fighting side-by-side side against Windmark. That was a yeah. part of a wild theory. That would have been awesome. We call them crackpot <laughs> theories on our podcast. No, but yeah, I no, I totally agree. That would have been really, really cool. I also would have liked to have seen more of. I mean, because they pumped Olivia full of Cortex fan. I would have really liked to have seen, um, kind of like at the end of season four when you saw the effects of all the Cortex fan on her, like all the things that she could do. I would have liked to have seen maybe some of that, um, other than just when she killed, uh, Woodmark you know, kind of come to the surface there. You know, like, I don't know, we're setting things on fire, or I don't know, with her mind, I don't know, something cool. <laughs> yeah. That would have been fun to see, like, during the final battle. So. Yeah, I mean, I was, the way they built up her powers throughout the show, I really thought we'd get to see her on Vogue more. But right. I, mean, I don't know how much you can do with a TV budget. But that's why you gotta have a movie. I don't know how that works out. John Noble wants a movie, so we want a movie. <laughs> I mean, I don't feel that this is the last we see of this universe. I, I feel like the story is so good and people love it and they're so passionate about it. We're still going to see any comic books and other things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. you know, with Firefly. And yeah. Fringe has, has some of some of if not. I mean, and I, I, I know a lot of loyal fans from a lot of different TV shows, you know. I mean... Uh, it's it, but Fringe. I I have to say I I I've never seen some of some of the stuff that this fan base has done. So it's I really hope that we haven't seen the last of Fringe. Well, I wish they could do like uh, direct TV, direct to DVD movies like the Sci-Fi Channel. There was some of yeah, or or I was thinking maybe maybe a Serenity type of situation. You know. Um, kind of like with what, what the Firefly fans are able to pull off. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, even that, I would be happy with. I mean, just, just something something more. Um, just and, 20th Century Fox with white tulips. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you heard it here for, first, folks. Yes, which, that's also another favorite episode of mine. I love that white tulips. I would say that was my favorite episode of the series. White, white tulips? Tulip. Yeah. Oh, that's that's a wonderful episode. That's a wonderful. That is, I also love Six B. That's also a great uh, just Peter Olivia episode. I love that one too. Is that the I one guess. with the old lady in the apartment? Yes. 
Yeah, that is, oh, yeah. that's a sad episode. That was a sad episode, but I, I, I loved, I loved it. I think that, I think that that one, that one is the female in me. That <laughs> that's a great romantic episode. Yeah, that was my favorite romantic one. But like, those sappy romantics. Yeah, that, yeah, that again, the girl in me. The it's that that one just got me. But yeah, White to Love Peter and probably Welcome to Westfield are, are my top three. Oh, welcome, boss. That's going to the town, right? Where they get yeah. trapped in the town. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Plus, they had Robocop in, uh, <laughs> in White Tulip. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's the time travel. Yes. So, oh, in White Tulip, too, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> great stuff. Just then, Doug's girl talking, and... <laughs> I'm just listening. I'm enjoying this conversation. Yeah, it's great. It's a lot of fun. I don't... Want it to end? Uh, yeah, I know. It's, yeah, <laughs> me neither. <laughs> I, I want to go around because I know we have to close up soon. So everyone kind of give their final goodbye thoughts to Fridge, their final two cents to Fridge, if they're mm. if they're up for that. All I needed was the love you gave. Ladies first. Okay, Lindley, go ahead. Give me closing uh, final thoughts you have to say about the finale, Fridge in general, or whatever. Uh, sure, well, sure. I, I, I think I think I'll I think I'll do a quick wrap up of my, my thoughts of the and not only the finale but the, the series in general. Um I I I enjoyed the finale a lot. Um there were just minor things that I, I wish had been included. Um uh, uh and changed possibly, um, but overall, uh, I was quite happy with it. Um, uh, and, and I, I felt like the writers were able to. Um, I thought the writers didn't leave, didn't leave fans hanging and didn't let fans down. You know, I mean, fans worked so hard to get this extra, like kind of small season to. Uh, wrap up everything with the characters in the story, and I and I don't personally feel let down um, by the writers. So I think that they did a fantastic job, and um, uh, of the on the uh, the the finale um, overall. So I, I very much enjoyed it. Um, on the series, I personally will always call for Fringe one of my all-time favorite television shows in every respect um because you know you can you can say with with serialized shows like lost or the x-files you i can always find and fans can find some some larger issues you know with shows like those um in the writing or in the casting or you know there's a problem here or if you're they should have done this if you're done that whatever but I probably will always be able to say that Friends was the most intelligent, one of the most intelligently written, wonderfully acted, um, fantastically executed television shows I've ever seen. So, and and I, I watch a lot of TV, and I, I will probably always, no, I know I will always love Friends, um, and consider within my top three TV shows uh, of all time, for, for me personally. 
So um, I loved it, and I'm gonna miss it so so desperately. So um, lots lots of lots of good um, reruns to watch, thankfully, and uh, and hopefully, God willing, um, uh, and Hollywood willing, um, maybe some cable will give us something else to uh, to be happy about. So. Those are those are my thoughts on, on Fringe. So and finale. So. All right. Yeah, I agree. Um, Michael, what was your final thoughts on Fringe? Um. Well, with me and t- TV, it's very. I'm very. Uh, I guess picky is the way to say it. And what yeah. I watch, I won't watch things like Buffy the Vampire Slayer or, or Angel. Yet I'll watch Supernatural or Smallville or. Chuck, which is kind of my trinity of TV shows right there. No, Chuck is awesome. Yes, it is. Yes, yes. Um, however, I've only had seven months with Fringe total, and Dan had been bugging me for years to watch it, and I realized that in its final season, if I want to be a part of it ever, I better start now. So in four weeks, I watched the first four seasons. Actually, I think it was less than four weeks. And it was just when I was starting back up with my classes at school, so it, it was a very stressful four weeks, but I got through it all because I couldn't stop. And really, Fringe is the one show that I've been really considering li- loving on the level I loved Smallville, Supernatural, and Chuck. And really, it really is on that level for me, just how much I love it, no matter how long I've been watching it for, which is less than any of the other shows I love so much. Um, ultimately, it was really intriguing to me. It felt really fluid, a lot like a comic book. And a lot of the comic book concepts I've grown up with and love were put right into the show, whether it's alternate universes, alternate timelines, um, superpowers, whatever it was, it was all there. And it was really intriguing to me. And I really liked it. I mean, I grew up with the X-Files as well, so my parents loved that show, so I, I watched that show. and. I was really intrigued by that, and this felt to me like a more updated, more modern version of what the X-Files mm-hmm. would be for closer to my generation and obviously everyone else here is generation in some aspects. So ultimately, I mean, yeah, I'll write a blog post on this for the ATA website on season five, but as a whole, I'm going to really miss French. I'm going to miss that I didn't have as much time with it as I wanted, but ultimately, um, it gave me a lot of interesting thoughts, concepts, and out of any TV show to watch for inspiration, whether it's in writing or creativity in general, Fringe would be the one I would look to. So it's hard to say goodbye, and I love the finale. It was really good. Some parts let down for me, but yeah, so did the Chuck finale, and I still love that. So, okay. so yeah, those are my those are my closing thoughts. Well, we're gonna pass it on to the guy who always just gets wowed by J.J. Abrams in this show. That's <laughs> Mr. Doug. Doug Rose. Daniel, thank you. And uh, what was your final thoughts on Fringe? Final thoughts is, I'll just miss uh, in every episode, specifically with uh, like seasons one through four, not so much with season five, but with seasons one through four, every episode had a new Fringe event. It's like, where did that come from? Uh, it started off with the amber. Next, you know, you have butterflies that can yeah. chop people's heads off or, uh, <laughs> or, or give you paper cuts. 
And then next now you you have uh, 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 people in caps with observers. Next you know you have alternate universes. Next you know you have people's orifices closing up on them, and then they suffocate to death. Okay. Goldfinger without the gold paint. Um, next thing you know, what you have people walking to apartment buildings, and then they just like fall into ashes uh, out of nowhere. Uh, next thing you know, it uh, you another fringe event that happens is. Well, uh, a guy who makes women fall in love with him, but he can't perfect his, his magic potion. So what happens is it's like ten seconds of or ten seconds of true love before things go sour. I mean, it's always a new French event, but in the end, you always had one unifying story throughout the whole series. Yeah. And it's something that uh, you don't get in, in, in very many TV series, but it, with this show, you did. And and one thing is, you know, one th- it, it's it's like. The, the, the retold story in Hollywood, you know, it, you can never come up with something new. I mean, the other day, uh, a friend of mine at work, she's uh, in school, and she had to write something on the Adjustment Bureau. Never thought about watching it, and then I, I rented it from the library. I watched it, and I, I, I was like, you guys stole this from Fringe. <laughs> All these people in hats who can cross through time. And I'm like, I've seen this. I've seen this. And then, and then I was so pissed off after I watched the Adjustment Bureau, I asked Pauline... Or, well, I shouldn't even say her name, but it's, it's okay. Her teacher's not watching this podcast anyway. So I, I asked Paul for the syllabus. I, I, I wrote an argument regarding why the Adjustment Bureau was a bad movie. Guess what she got? An A+. Plus. No. So point being, there's no show like Fringe that will be out there for a long time. Uh, How it ended was really nice. And, uh, Dan, I thank you for allowing me to be a part of this podcast. It was really nice. Well, it's great to have you, Doug. I mean, yeah, thanks for joining us. Yeah, Absolutely. I give a lot of heart to with as passionate we're talking about film and talking yeah, about this stuff. And great insight on the show as well. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. I'm I'm with Doug as well. Thank you for inviting me. And I, I apologize for being a little bit late in all the computer glitches, but I really, really enjoyed uh, being able to discuss all this with, with you guys and uh, and and just, you know, um, just share, you know, thoughts and ideas with, with uh <laughs> And, and the and the emotional goodbye and, and um, legacy of, of how we feel about about this show with with others uh, tonight. So thank you for having me. Well, you're one of like the most passionate French fans that I know. <laughs> I mean, that night where we hung out, I forgot where it was, uh, but it it was like it was right after the finale aired. You came yeah. over uh, to hang out with Colin and myself on a bunch of our friends somewhere and you were just about ready to explode about the finale of existence yes and ever since I'm like this is a dedicated French fan this is someone who's passionate about this because so yeah. I was just like the fact that you reacted that way in this French finale because like I cannot have this finale show without hopefully if she's going to get that excited oh. for she's that passionate Oh, well, thank you. I, I, I really appreciate it. And, and it's, it's, it's been such a, a pleasure talking with you guys and, and being a part of this. It's, it's something I'm definitely going to remember. And, and, uh, uh, and it, it's just added to a really, really great night, you know, for, um, uh, and a really great way to close this, this show for, uh, for myself and, and hopefully for you So it's just been, it's been really great. Thank you. And I just wanted to kind of close with my final thoughts on the conference. 
saying just thank you to the creators of this show for yeah. some of the most amazing television watching experiences I've had. I mean, this show made my jaw hit the floor week after week, and, and I'll never forget the day that I watched. It was the, the penultimate episode for, over there, part one and two, where they introduced the alternate reality concept, and we saw Walter uh, come in for the first time. That idea, that concept, blew my mind. And I'll never forget that moment, where I, that was the first time that I'd ever been, my mind had blown that much in something like I mean, I just, the ideas that would fly through my head, get that moment, ideas and concepts, it was just unbelievable, just unbelievable experience. It was like Walter going, Eureka. So I, I thanked him for that, and I thanked them for that episode because it came at a time where I was questioning if I wanted to do this film thing, if I was passionate about it. As Doug remembers, there was a kind of a hiccup that occurred that time regarding my film career and well, getting into this film thing. I had a film I'm working on, and it kind of got me at a low point. And this idea of Fridge, and those ideas and concepts of Fridge that were just so imaginative made me passionate about this and made me want to continue about doing this. And see, that was worth it. So I just cannot thank the writers of the show enough for giving me passion to do what I do and have ATA. Because really, ATA exists because of the conversations my co-host Nico and I had about Fridge. And we would get into these in-depth crackpot theory conversations. And that eventually evolved into Fridge. I mean, into ATA. Into Fringe. Into ATA. It created Fringe. Into ATA and our podcast as it is. So, Fringe will be forever remembered as the show that we've created our crackpot theory conversations that evolved with the ATA. So, that's why I had to do this live show and pay tribute to it because this is one of the shows that established this podcast because it deserves this moment for that. And, John Noble, thank you for making me smile every week. Yeah. My week. Every time you're on, uh, but seeing Walter make me smile, make me feel good. So, and that's what TV should make you to do week. This should be a part of it that makes you warm and fuzzy to have a happy feeling inside. John Noble did that unbelievably. Every week, and I'm going to miss it. I almost had to rewatch episode of The Fridge. Or just Walter. On the science week. Yes, and you can check out more Fridge on the science channel. So I may do that. But that's what Fridge means to me. I mean, this, this show gave me some of the most amazing television experiences I've had in my life just watching it just be that just be simply blown away by what the show does so thank you Fringe Writer thank you creators for everything you've done and thank you guys for joining me it was great talking with you great that I got to share my passion with you and I want to thank all you listeners for joining us and just everyone that supports the show um, it's great stuff and I hope you guys enjoyed this so thank you all of you for taking time for your day too Make this happen, Argus, evening. Yeah, thank you. You know, my precious beauty sleep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we've been at this enough, right, Michael? Well, yeah, that is true. Oh, and you've got to get up tomorrow for a young necessity. And green light, yeah. and then tomorrow night, I have to do a long go ahead of this episode. And then Tuesday, we have to do DC Nation. 
Yeah. Yeah. So we have a lot to do. <laughs> well, I will. Well, so you guys, you guys, um, pretty much said every everything that I'm feeling and and more, um, in ways, uh, in much in much more eloquent ways than I probably ever could. So uh, I agree with uh, everything, and uh, all in all in everything that you guys have uh, have uh, said as far as um, the closing of of the show. So uh, uh, it's it's. And if you want more from Across the Airways and all of our crazy zadiness, you can listen to ATA Retro Reviews, which cover past TV shows that were canceled or went out on their own terms. And I think Retro Reviews is on a hiatus again, right? Yes, because Arrow will be returning, so Wu and I will be doing Longbow Hunters, the Arrow podcast once again, available on com. Yes, that's our other podcast. That covers episodes of the CW series Arrow in greater detail. Basically, the brother series to DC Nation. Right, exactly. Where we discuss episodes of Green Lantern, the animated series, Young Justice, the Smallville Season 11 comic book, written by our friend of the podcast, Brian K. Miller. Got almost all the imaginative content out there that DC Comics provides for its fans. And then also we have the original Across the Airways podcast, which covers hour-long live-action TV series that are currently airing. And some of that includes Castle, Once Upon a Time, Bones, and just much, much more. It's a big list of things. So if you like hour-long live-action dramas or sitcoms like Modern Family and The Big Bang Theory, check out that show hosted by myself and my longtime co-host, Nico. Also, if you'd like, you can contact us by visiting our website at www.acrosstheairways.com. And there you can email us at acrosstheairways.gmail.com. You can also click the like button on our website to follow us on Facebook, where you will get notified of our podcast episode releases. You can also be able to follow along with the movie and TV news that Nico finds out during the week for our respective ATA podcasts. Also, for that same information, you can follow us on Twitter. And our Twitter is Across Airwaves. There's no the there. It's just Across Airwaves. Or you can also join our circle on Google Plus to get that information as well. And if you have any crackpot theories or like would like to give us your thoughts on any of the episodes of Young Justice or Green Lantern, the animated series that we watch, um, you can leave us a voicemail which we will play on air if you want us to. Okay, what number can you call to do that, Michael? 1773-809-3363. That is 1773-809-3363. And also, if you'd like, you can check out the ATA forums to discuss any of the DC Nation content we discuss here. Yes, please do. Yes, and you can visit our forums by going to the website www.acrosstheairways.com slash forums and we'd love for you guys to get a topic started and get talking there it's a great way for dc nation fans to kind of get to know each other and hold themselves over until the next episode so join that we'd love to get your support on those forums also we have a youtube channel which has a playlist of all the dc nation shorts that have aired on cartoon network and also on the youtube channel we have all sorts of previews for upcoming movies including Star Trek Into Darkness, The Lone Ranger, Iron Man 3, 
Yeah. Oh, Man of Steel. Uh, All movies that we are very, very excited for here on this podcast. Also, if you don't want to go back through this podcast to listen to all the ways that you could contact us, you could download our podcast box app. And using our podcast box app, you could stay in contact with our podcast and listen to our podcast episodes on your iPad or iPod. And if you're on an Android system, if you use a tablet or a phone that's on Android systems, you can get the same content by downloading our Android app that's available by clicking the links on the right-hand side of our page. So for our Across the Airways core members who need to watch Fringe, which you get on it right now, Wu Kim and Andy Babak. And for our Fringe fan extraordinaire, you go hear his thoughts on Fringe on our next ATA episode, Nico Reichstag. I'm Doug Rower. Uh, and I'm Lindley St. John. And I'm Dan Schmidt. And I'm Michael J. Petty. And until our next episode, we will catch you on the airwaves. Thanks, you guys, for joining us. I hope you enjoyed the Fringe finale. It was a great time. See ya. Do you know what I could go for? Don't say food. Cheesesteak. Not as much as him, of course. Walter, it's true. It's wonderful, Julie. It's just like a good detective. I thought you'd be fatter. You thought I would be fatter? And a two-year-old boss thought A what? He wants a cow. Something important. Oh. I'm sad on the pancakes. Well, it wouldn't have been a very secret experiment if I had. Dr. Bishop gave me something for the pain. Viking. That's it. What happened to them? died, young lady. Horrible and most likely painful death. Astro? Astrid. Rejection. Dosing a caterpillar. Dosing, as in LST. Well, it's a special blend. Your heart just stopped. Do you have any cocaine? Cocaine? No, I don't have any cocaine. Oh, that's too bad. If you do, you may die a gruesome and horrible death. Thank you for your attention and have a nice day. Uh, this is me, your father, Walter Bishop. Thank you, Walter. I know who you are. Excellent. How's it going, Walter? I plan to urinate in 23 minutes. Good to know. I'm telling you, I'm going to need help unzipping my fly. Oh. What? I just got an erection. Oh, fear not. It's nothing to do with your state of undress. You simply need to urinate. That's good to know. Head over heels. Something happens and I'm head over heels. Don't take my heart, don't break my heart, don't, don't, don't throw it away. What those school kids must have done to you. Jeffster lives, man! We now return to our regularly scheduled program.